0: So my wife Erin and I started dating just after I graduated high school. I was 17 years old, she was 16 years old, look at those kids ready to take on the world. And from the beginning, you should know, we were relationship experts. We made the incredibly wise decision to start dating just six weeks before I would move 500 miles away to go to college. We made another really wise choice in that from day one, we spent 12 to 14 hours a day together. And whenever we weren't together physically, we were texting constantly, keeping tabs on one another. And then we got really wise when I went away to school and I decided that we needed some boundaries in our relationship. So I decided for the both of us, that we would only talk for one hour a week while I was at school. Now, obviously there was very little wisdom at all at the beginning of our dating relationship. And specifically, my admittedly controlling choice to establish a boundary without even consulting Aaron about it, that decision led to us breaking up just a few weeks into the school year. Don't worry, spoiler alert, we got back together. But it was that experience that gave me at best an intense skepticism and at worst, an aversion and even fear of relational boundaries. And so you can imagine my excitement, anxiety, when we were discussing this new Love in the Time of Corona series and Jarrett told me that I would be wrapping it up by teaching on boundaries. Maybe you've had a similar experience to me when it comes to boundaries in a relationship. Maybe you tried to set up a boundary between you and a significant other and it completely backfired on you. Or maybe you fell victim to a relationship bulldozer, someone you care about just threw up a boundary, threw up a wall and didn't even ask you about it. Maybe you've been told or, or even struggle with the idea that boundaries are unchristian. They're just psychological mumbo jumbo or that they're inherently selfish. And isn't being a Christian all about sacrificial love and dying to my own needs for the sake of others? Or maybe it's just the opposite for you. Maybe for you, Christianity is nothing but boundaries. It's nothing but these relationship rules that feel arbitrary and even restrictive. And if I can be totally transparent for just a minute, the struggle with doing a short sermon on boundaries is multifaceted. I have a very difficult job. For one, most of us just don't really think about this as a spiritual matter. Most of us, if we think about boundaries at all, we view them as maybe something to talk about in couples counseling or with your therapist, which I'm all for, but not really in church, right? Secondly, boundaries are incredibly personal and individual. A healthy boundary for you in your marriage or with your parents is likely going to look different from a healthy boundary for me in my marriage or with my parents. And most of all, boundaries are incredibly complex and often a heavy topic to discuss, especially in the time of corona, where new boundaries of six feet apart have made some of us feel totally isolated while a lack of boundaries in a quarantine household make others of us feel totally suffocated. I quote the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole Lepero, when I say, boundaries suck. And so today, I don't have three easy steps for establishing boundaries in your relationships. I don't have an acronym to make your mom less critical of you because I recognize that it is just way more complex than that relationships are just not that easy. But what I do want to offer us is a well-known teaching from Jesus that when we look at it in the context of our relationships provides not only incredible wisdom, but I believe incredible permission and even freedom for those of us who are willing to follow it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab a Bible, wherever you have one, and open it to Matthew chapter five. What we're going to be looking at here in Matthew five is a section from one of Jesus's most famous teachings, the Sermon on the Mount. And in the Sermon on the Mount, what we find, this is essentially Jesus's description of the full, free, good life that is available to us when we live by God's design or, or by God's commands, or you could even say when we live by God's boundaries. Just saying you might want to read the whole thing at some point this week. But in this section specifically that we're going to look at, Jesus is talking to those of us who make big, grand statements and promises, but who struggle to actually follow through. To those of us who perhaps make commitments and struggle to keep them. In other words, Jesus is talking to millennials like me. I'm just kidding, he's talking to all of us. Let's read Matthew chapter 5, verse 33. Jesus says, again, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not break your oath, but fulfill to the Lord the vows you have made. But I tell you, do not swear an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is God's throne, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head, for you cannot make even one hair white or black. And then Jesus says this, all you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. If you grew up in church like me, you heard this as let your yes be, say it with me, yes, and your no be no. Have you ever had someone ask you to get together and you wanted to say no, but instead you said, yeah, totally. I'll have to check my calendar though. Problem is, you had no intention of checking your calendar and now you're in this uncomfortable and for them unfair situation of dodging their texts and invitations every couple of months. There's Admittedly, probably a few people who are watching this message and thinking to themselves, John has been doing that to me. I'm sorry, I'm working on this as well, okay? Or maybe you have a friend that just says yes to everything and everyone. They're like Jim Carrey and Yes Man, you remember that movie? And every time you see them, they're completely overwhelmed by all of these commitments that they're constantly juggling and they're so worried about all the yeses that they've said, they don't have time to be present with you. Or how about the person who just can't hear the word no? Like you tell them no, and they just find another way to ask the same question until they get the answer that they want. It sounds so simple, but even 2000 years ago, Jesus knew how hard it is for us as human beings to give a clear, healthy yes or no. And here's why this is so important, the ability and the freedom and the commitment to saying yes or no in many ways is the foundation for healthy boundaries in a relationship. Marriage and family therapist, Sari Gilman says, your yeses and nos are what boundaries are made of. Now this is especially hard for church people. And I know we got some church people watching today, specifically the no part, right? Because we're supposed to be good people and good people Say yes, we're supposed to be kind. It's kind to say yes. I mean, doesn't God say yes? We literally have heard sermons at this church saying that Jesus is God's yes to us. And that statement is 100% true. I want you to hear, we worship a God who takes responsibility for his yes, who fulfills his promises every single time. But, and this may surprise you to hear, we also worship a God who says no. Think about it. Just one chapter before the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter four, there's a story where Satan is tempting Jesus in the wilderness. What does Jesus say? Not today, Satan. He says no. When Jesus exercises a demon out of a man in Mark chapter five, and the man asks to come with Jesus and to learn from him and to serve with him, what does Jesus say to the man? No, stay here. Love your city. Live a transformed life where you are. When Peter steps in and tries to save Jesus from being arrested and eventually crucified, what does Jesus say to Peter? No. You see, for God, yes is a promise. Believe me, God takes his yes seriously. God's yes means yes. For God, yes is a promise, but also no is not a problem. I want you to hear me. No is not a bad word no in and of itself is not a wrong or selfish or sinful answer for you to give in a relationship think about it this way you might be tempted to think that in the metaphor of this teaching series that the clear window represents yes in relationships that I'll be a good wife if I always say yes I'm a good employee if every time my boss comes by my desk, the answer is yes. And that the unclear window is no. That if I say no, then I'm a selfish boyfriend or I'm a pessimistic employee, or I'm an ungrateful daughter because my mom has done so much for me and how can I say no to her when she's going through so much? That's what we're tempted to think, but that's not actually what Jesus teaches us here. Jesus actually teaches that the way to a full life, the way to healthy relationships, is through clear yeses and noes. Both are on the table so long as they're clear. And that things start to become unclear when we do anything other than that. Like when we give one of those half yeses, or when we say yes on the outside, but we start to fester and harbor this no resentful energy on the inside or when we say someone else's yes for them, or when we make the massive mistake of not respecting someone else's no. In fact, this way of going about relationships, it's not only unclear, but Jesus actually calls it a form of evil. Not that you're evil, but unclear boundaries is one of the main ways that the evils of resentment and bitterness and deception an abuse of power, all of those things begin to creep into our relationships when things are unclear. Aaron and I, we have learned a lot and grown a lot in our relationship over the last 11 years since that first summer of dating. But I'll be totally honest with you and tell you that this is still an area where I struggle in our marriage. I want to be a good husband to Aaron. I want that very, very badly. And there are times where I believe the narrative that disappointing her or saying no in any way, that makes me a bad husband. And it could be something as big as going on a dream vacation, or it could be something as small as going out to dinner with a group of friends. And so sometimes what I'll do is I'll say yes on the outside, but I really mean no on the inside and I'm just afraid to say it. And I start to harbor resentment. And I start to think to myself, oh, we always do things her way, which is not actually true. Or another thing I'll do, I'll just be totally unclear. I'll be totally ambiguous. I'll say anything and everything just to avoid saying no. And then what happens is we both leave the conversation with different expectations. We're both confused and we're both frustrated because things are unclear. But the reality is my grudge-filled yes and then stewing in resentment or, or my making unclear commitments simply out of fear of letting her down, that's not actually helping me become a better husband. And more importantly, that's not helping me to love her well, which is the ultimate yes. That's the ultimate promise that I made to her on our wedding day. And the reality is, most of the time, no is not a problem for her. And for the times when it is, we have a conversation about it and things become so much clearer. Now, let's get real practical for just a moment. We understand that in healthy relationships, yes is a promise and no is not a problem. But of course, this begs a new question. How do we know what to say yes and what to say no to? Is it just how I feel in the moment? There's a lot of folks in our culture that would tell you that all you need to do is make sure that you're not hurting anyone with your yes or your no. But I think that the boundaries of a follower of Jesus are a bit more challenging than that. The boundaries of a follower of Jesus are more than just saying yes and no whenever we want or based on how we feel in the moment. The boundaries of a follower of Jesus, they do take the feelings of other people into account, certainly, but they're not solely dependent and determined by those things. The boundaries of a follower of Jesus, our yeses and nos, are ultimately determined and guided by our grand mission and purpose from God, which is, we talk about this all the time, to love God and love our neighbor. Pastor A.J. Swoboda has a quote that I love. He says, for the Christian, a no should be spoken with the discernment of what God has spoken yes over. What has God spoken yes over in your life? What has God called you to? What, What has God created you for in your relationships? This is where the work gets very individual because the more you know who you are, And the more you know the work that you were created and called to do, the more you will know what to say yes and what to say no to. That is your compass. The more you begin to understand what boundaries you need to set up in the relationships in your life. You see, when it comes to healthy boundaries and healthy relationships, yes is a promise, no is not a problem, and they're guided by your purpose. What we say yes or no to is guided ultimately by what God has called us to do. And again, nowhere do we see this more clearly and more powerfully than in the life and specifically in the death of Jesus, who said yes to the cross. And it wasn't because he felt like it, but it was because he knew God's purpose for him. And when the soldiers and onlookers were taunting him on the cross and telling him to save himself and prove his power, what does Jesus say in that moment? No, because while it might've been good and helpful for the few people who were standing there to see that act of power, Jesus knew that his purpose for being up there in the first place was much, much bigger than that. And so no in that moment was not a problem. And so our work for the week is twofold. It's another two-parter. First, we just talked about how in order to set healthy boundaries in our relationships with others, we first have to more fully understand who we are. And so the first part of this work is to right now, Go to our church refresh page where we have a section filled with teachings and books and other resources to help you dive deeper into your unique identity and calling and purpose with God and with the world. That's part one. And then second, this is the relational part, is to make a commitment this week to give clear, healthy yeses and no's. Maybe you need to get with your spouse or roommate or significant other, or get with a parent and make an agreement together that yes, is a promise in this relationship and we will keep our promises, but also no will not be a problem. No is permissible. No is allowed and get this, respected. And a great way, this is free advice, a great way to help those conversations go well is to use the teaching that we have received so far in this series, clear communication, take responsibility instead of casting blame. And this work, it is so important, not just for our relationships, because when we take responsibility for our yes and our no, and when others respect our yes and our no, then not only do we begin to live in healthier relationships with others, but we are also freed to begin to live the good and the purposeful life that God has created and called us to live.